Hospital culture is an essential part of creating a safe and healthy workplace for team members. So how do rural hospitals create a positive culture even in today's challenging healthcare environment? With a team-oriented atmosphere, trust in our employees, and a people-first approach. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to episode 127 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Chief Communications Officer. Well, Rachel, our guest today is someone who is extremely passionate about creating a quality hospital culture for our staff, which obviously it transcends to our patients Mm -hmm. and ultimately to our community. That's right. We are talking with someone who has found success in developing strategies to create an engaging work environment and has the recent track record to prove it. And we're going to talk about that today because our guest today is Stacy Feltz, Chief Administrative Officer and Compliance Officer here at Hillsdale Hospital. So this is your second time. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, that's what I thought. Welcome for the second time to Rural Health Rising. Well, thank you for having me back. And thank you especially for having me back to talk about my favorite topic, our team. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, Stacy, like we said, you're not new to Rural Health Rising. Um, you were on one of our, I feel like, earliest, maybe within the first, like, 30 episodes. Uh, you know? Maybe, Like yeah. one of our earlier ones? Maybe. I think so. Um, so if anyone wants to hear more of the illustrious Stacy Feltz, you can go scroll back for that in yes. your feed. Um, but for our listeners who don't know you yet and maybe have not heard any previous episodes with you featured, tell us a little bit just about yourself, your background, and your work here at Hillsdale. Okay. Well, my professional career... Um, I really started by growing up in the human resource field, and in March of this year, I celebrated my 30th anniversary of working in HR. Wow. Karen, starting at seven. Starting at, at seven all years of age. Yes. 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 It's probably all exactly the same as it was the day you started, right? Uh, people it's... are people, but processes are different. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, technology. Right. No but... significant changes in the world no, in that period none, of time that would none. affect workforce, right? No. no. Okay. No. I didn't think so. Still. But at the hospital, uh, much of our focus is on hiring and engaging compassionate talent and caring for those employees through culture and reward and creating an environment that promotes development and retention of our staff. And I have to say, I just have to make a plug for Stacy because, first of all, she's great. But in human resources, you often hear people say, HR is for the company, not for you. Mm-hmm. And HR is there to protect the company, not to protect you. Stacy is one of those people who, as our chief administrative officer, could probably name any single employee of this organization, just like passing them in the hall. She knows everybody. She knows where they work. She knows a little bit about their story. And she just has such great conversations and engagement with people that she knows the people that she is serving in human resources. And you don't always see that. In an organization that is the size of our organization. So I just have to give yeah. Stacey a and shout out for that. It's tough to balance. Uh, she, she does have to be the principal. Right. Uh, superintendent, cheerleader. Um, and it is difficult uh, to have to face some of those challenges while uh, representing and, mm-hmm. and having to represent the organization. Right. While right. at the same time uh, representing the employee. At, you know, it's, right. there's, there's a great great dichotomy between the two, but they yet they fall in line with each other right. so much. Um, and and that, Stacy's really tough. good at that balance of 
when she's serving the organization, she is also keeping in mind how is she serving this employee at the same time Mm -hmm. if there's a situation where it seems like the interest of those two would be at odds, that she is also in the back of her mind thinking, what's also really the best thing for this employee in the end? It's tough. It's tough. It really is. Human resources is is a very tough position, but a good human resource officer, uh, they're tough to find because of that balance. And and we have that in Stacy. So now that we share all of this, we can probably close in prayer. Yes. uh, Thanks for coming. Yes. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for being here today, everyone. But now that we've established who you are, a little bit of your background, let's start with a question that we ask of each of our participants on this podcast, and it's the why. And Stacy, I want to know, what is your why? What motivates you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning to come all the way this far? You take a nice little trek in your car to get here to Hillsdale. What is your why? Why do you do it? That's easy for me. My passion is to assist, invest in, and improve the lives of others. And that can happen at home, at work. There really is no end to an effort to try to make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah, we find ourselves in today's environment, Stacy, making investments not just here at work, but people bring such trauma to the workplace from personal experiences, funeral, you know, maybe someone in their house has died, and, you know, they, they've just, they're, they're struggling. Food insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, we face that in, in our workforce, and, and not just our workforce, but throughout the country uh, because of some, obviously, wage disparity and some other things that are happening. Um, and it's, it's becoming tougher, wouldn't you agree, to try to meet some of those challenges and those needs? Yeah, I think um, the workforce that we're seeing today um, requires a different level of support and guidance from their leaders. And you're also seeing, you know, such a a large number of people who are trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up, you know, post-pandemic. We've witnessed a significant amount of people. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but it's certainly great to have your perspective and your why. So let's start with the importance of creating a great workplace and building an engaged team. I know this seems like an obvious question, and I think there are a lot of people uh, in leadership and healthcare and in other industries who might cognitively understand this, but they don't live from that perspective and from that place. So can you talk to us a little bit about how does a great workplace and an engaged team really impact the mission of an organization, particularly a hospital? In other words, why should we prioritize those things with everything else we have going on in the healthcare industry right now? Why are they still so important? Well, our mission here at Hillsdale Hospital is to be a guardian of exceptional health services. And that mission can best be fulfilled with a highly skilled, caring, and engaged workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, compassionate, high-quality healthcare services are characteristics that you trust when an employer focuses on compassionate, high-quality team and culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the difference from what you have witnessed, uh, you know, you've been in HR for three decades, and uh, you know, a little different industry though. Here at Hillsdale, you remember the first. A few weeks that you came into my office and you watched a helicopter land and you thought or actually headed over as you were headed home thinking I'm really making a difference because it's not, you know, it's kind of a quadruple role here that, that you play because the product we're creating is not just a gidget and a widget for a part that goes into a vehicle, which is important. I'm not mm-hmm. anybody listening today in automotive. I'm not dismissing that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's life saving processes. 
That's, yeah. that's a huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I think um, getting behind the mission of caring yeah. for others is a real easy mission yeah. to be passionate about and, and get behind fully. So if you have employees who, Stacy, who are struggling, you know, they're, they're trying to render care to, to patients and families who themselves are struggling, I think what's really important to highlight the role of human resources is your role and responsibility to making sure that they're prepared to serve. And that, that's tough. Uh, in the environment which we're in today. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I do agree. I mean, our primary goal is to to serve these employees and to raise our managers up in a way that they understand that that's their mission Yeah. Um, so that we can prepare them to give quality healthcare yeah. services to our patients. So we have to take care of our we employees do. if we expect them to, yeah. to take care of our patients. And it's not just a cliche, let's order them pizza or let's give them, you know, a free pencil every year. It's it's much more intricate, and I want to talk to you about that right now. So pre-COVID-19, um, culture looked a lot different, even here in the hospital, but it looked, it looked different across the country, uh, how employees were treated, how they responded, uh, what they needed to do. And so I want you to describe for our listeners our culture three or four years ago before COVID-19, um, and I want you to draw a couple uh, differences here. How would you describe it? How would you describe that same culture during COVID nineteen? And how do you describe it now? Okay, well, not that that's a loaded question. With yeah, a lot that's of right. answers. packed right up in there. <laughs> but um, I would say uh, here at Hillsdale Hospital, I really feel like we've always done a good job of supporting and caring for our employees. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, during COVID, uh, that certainly came with a lot of significant challenges. Mm-hmm. And during that time, our patients and community, they really rallied around the workforce mm-hmm. and um, showed them support. And I think our employees really walked away with a great sense of pride from, from that patient and community mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Um, Post-COVID, we've really had to take a much more focused approach on supporting our, our workforce and creating a culture. And so that focused approach has been intentional in Mm -hmm. how we are creating, designing, and measuring healthy and passionate Mm people-centered culture Mm -hmm. here in the hospital. Stacey, I want to touch a little bit on a follow-up to that. Um, You know, most of the challenges that you face post-pandemic have been relative to staffing and finding the appropriate people, finding people to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've worked a lot in the area of talent pipeline, and I've, I've put you on a couple committees. Um, talk to us a little bit about what do you forecast into the future? Um, how are we going to build the next generation of, and put, and insert whatever into the line, right? Like nurses, scrub techs. I mean, you can't even find, you couldn't find at one time, uh, dietary aids. Remember the challenges you went through with that. So how how do we effectively build a pipeline when the local grocery store is paying twenty dollars an hour, or the gas station is? I mean, what is the mess? What should the messaging be? I guess for other hospital executives listening, what separates us, and and how do you build the pipeline? Well, we've really focused on um, career development and and having steps in that process where we grow our own here at Hillsdale Hospital. Yeah, um, we bring them in, and if 
if they have the attitude and the the heart mm-hmm. for healthcare, we can train them up and and get them the for, formal education they need, mm-hmm. support that education through tuition reimbursement, and really grow our own here. Yeah. And we've we've had several examples of that through our employees, and Hillsdale Hospital has been very, very successful. Could you talk about one effort. of those examples, maybe? Uh, maybe someone that we've taken entry level that, that is excelling? So we have so many, we do. so many examples of that. And I yeah. think one was on your podcast um, before, which was Sarah, Sarah Butler, yes, who started out um, as a patient That's care true. tech, That's and true. she's yeah. now uh, an advanced practice provider. Yeah. But we have countless, countless um, employees who have started off um, maybe in environmental services and they um, went to be a SENA and then Mm -hmm. transitioned into an LPN, RN transition. Um, They may be the manager on the floor today. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so you've spent a lot of time, we've had some university presidents that we've talked with or administrators, and we even had a president of a university on our campus talking about trying to build the pipeline. But there seems to be this, this understanding, this notion that it's no longer noble to serve in healthcare. What would you say, having having worked in this field now, as long as you have? How do we how do we resonate the message back with? And when does that start? Does it start in grade school? In your opinion, does it start second careers? I mean, give us some of the insight as our listeners, other hospital executives listening about how do we instill that passion back into this this workforce? Well, healthcare isn't the only industry that I've ever worked in. You know, I I have worked in other industries, yeah. and for me, in the human resource field, healthcare has been the most rewarding industry to work among people mm-hmm. who truly have a heart and a compassion mm-hmm. for caring for others. Yeah. And it makes a very, very rewarding career mm-hmm. for those of us who pick this field um, because you're working among some of the best people yeah. that you'd ever have the opportunity yeah. to work alongside. Um, and I think you're just starting out yeah. at the beginning in a good place to serve day in and day out yeah. and spend your career. You know, and I, I promise you, Rachel, you'll be able to ask a question. Oh, no, but, okay. but I'm just listening and you know, it, wrapped attention. It's, uh, I, I often describe it as almost criminal what happened during COVID with uh, staffing. And uh, could you trace a little bit about what happened to hospitals like ours during the pandemic and what we had to lean on? Uh, in terms of staffing agencies and what happened during that period? Well, um, there was, you know, a significant need um, and a lot of our tried and true, talented, skilled workforce left our industry to travel because the travel agencies were paying double or triple. And if you count the living expenses that they were getting um, to just... Um, go serve in a temporary assignment somewhere else. And people saw those sign-on bonuses and those opportunities to pay off a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. And we did see employees who would, um, upon leaving, say, I'll be back in about a year or two. I just need to do this right Mm -hmm. now to capitalize on the cash. And and so... Have they come back? We have had some come back. Mm -hmm. We have had some. Not all yet, but... So it's true that they actually were chasing the dollars. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? 
Well, where we are today yeah. is the recruiters are chasing the work. Oh, they are. Yeah. So um, now um, the the openings that so many travel nurses were placed in, mm-hmm. they're drying up today. And the recruiters are calling and offering staff to us right and left. Mm-hmm. Um, the wage is getting drove down now. Yeah. And so things are starting to level back out. To see some equilibrium there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And universities, you know, one of the things that uh, I think it's a tragedy what happened decades ago was that hospitals like ours uh, surrendered. Right behind you is a picture of a nursing uh, school, right? That's on the front steps of our hospital. That's a nursing school. Uh, every hospital is responsible for placing their own students through nursing. And we surrendered that to the universities. And what the universities did with it is they created a mechanism in which they wanted a very small cohort of, uh, and so it became very competitive. And people grew very frustrated uh, about not being able to get into nursing school. Mm -hmm. And so then they started seeking alternate employment and other careers. It became more about prestige than building a sustainable long-term workforce in healthcare. Yeah. But you know, you're seeing the which tangi- is kind of what happens in academia, right? It does. I mean, you give it to of, academia, and this is what yeah, they're going to do. Yeah, and with that, it. that's how academia markets what yeah. they have available, yeah. right? But the pendulum swinging, Stacey, and I and I talk to us a little bit about you know that process. I mean, what do you see? Do you think we're going to get back to nursing schools uh, as hospitals? Well, um, in the past, there was a long waiting list to try there to get was. accepted into mm-hmm. nursing school. Very tough. And today. Um, the waiting list is no more. Uh, yeah, colleges open are, seats. Yeah, they are seeking yeah. to fill those seats. They are looking for creative ways to fill the seats. Um, and they are looking at micro-credentials and other things yeah. that they can do to streamline the education process right. to get their students through. Yeah. And to the employer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we've done over the last couple years to improve our employee engagement because you have really been spearheading a concerted effort to measure our engagement for one in a very consistent way, um, which I think is a little bit new to to Hillsdale Hospital. It's been done over the years, but the the consistency hasn't quite been there to be able to truly benchmark and see where the need is and make those improvements. Um, but then also working with managers to help them within their own individual departments with employee engagement, um, as well as how do we create an engaging workforce from the bigger picture, you know, top down, no pressure, JJ, yeah, sorry. Um, to, to have that kind of environment where people do feel like they're engaged, like they're part of the team, um, not like they're just a cog in a wheel. So what are the, some of the things that, that you've done and that have been implemented to create a more engaged workforce here over the last three years? Here at Hillsdale Hospital, you know, we are looking at engagement is really not part of the job. It is the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've enlisted a couple of experts in the field to come help us measure um, and create pathways for creating a highly engaged culture. And really, you know, step one, it's pretty basic to create a culture of engagement. You really want to listen to your employees and seek their feedback. Mm -hmm. But Man, that's hard. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it? Well, um, the one of the biggest ways to have an impact on on an organizational culture is really to focus on leadership development. It is, mm. and to ensure that the leaders raise up our people. Um, we know that we maximize human potential when we engage and connect mm-hmm. with those employees. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and leadership development has been a huge part of my career prior to taking this job. And, uh, you know, we used to have leadership academies and those type of things. And I, and I would agree with you, they set the tone uh, mm-hmm. for the direction in which, you know, the organization goes because they get people rallying behind them. But Stacey, you have to admit, you know, it's... Um, it is a difficult thing in in the post pandemic world to to push out a uh, survey, and and it's it's difficult for many reasons. Number one, we know there's wage concerns across the board, right? Right. When you can just drive down the street and see right. signs that say we pay you a lot more than yeah. they do. The, the wage compression that has hit healthcare because of what yeah price elastic uh, yeah. industries have been able to do with wages yeah. has been significant. So, so in, in, in to Rachel's point, you know, that creates a lot of uh, distrust within the organization from, you know, frontline employees. If there's, a, if there's an executive, and there is, listening to this podcast who um, is considering, you know, do we really survey the staff? Because we're probably going to get answers we don't know. What, what would you give them as advice for that? And number two, what is that going to drive? Does... What I guess the question I'm going to ask you is, did it drive change at Hillsdale? Did we use those uh, that data for anything? So what were the what were the results of that? Well, I think if you're um, struggling with should you do the survey, I think that answer is absolutely yes. Um, yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And so... Well, and I would think if you're afraid of the response you're going to get, you need to know what the response yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's yeah. your gut feeling is like, I don't want to know what they have to say, you need to know what they yeah. have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, when I speak with our employees, I say, at least we know what we're measuring. Mm-hmm. We, you, you have to know the results before you can take action. So um, we have a pathway, you know, we have a method mm-hmm. and we know where to start focusing and where to focus our efforts and what areas to work in. So I would absolutely, um, even if it's bad news, yeah, it, it's the news you need to know where it to is. set that course. Yeah. And you and you so you've watched here um, the data pour in over the years and uh, you know what what do you feel Hillsdale has done with that data? Do you think we've used it appropriately to make change and and if so what what do you recognize as the change? Well, uh, in the last 3 years uh, our employees have responded steadily. Um, incremental improvements that we've seen in the several different areas that we're measuring um, for our culture. And um, in the last three years, our employees have participated and and that participation has increased by about yeah. 30%. In, Which is pretty remarkable if you it consider really is. it. So the feedback loop is increasing, which is important because mm-hmm. we're hearing from more, we're getting the, the information that we need. Mm-hmm. And because of the focus focused approach that we're taking, mm-hmm. um, the employee engagement scores are above what our competitors are showing. Um, the experts give us comparables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at other healthcare industries and other hospital organizations, Hillsdale Hospital is is looking um, above some of some of those other cultures yeah. and some of those other competitors. Right on the mark. And, and that's the hope that you can give, I would think, to other hospitals considering this, mm-hmm. uh, is that you know there there it, there's going to be some pain uh, because your your first survey is going to be gut wrenching as ours was, remember, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's going to be just times of feeling defeated, but it has been so rewarding and great to watch as we've made those 
at times very, sometimes marginal, but other times just remarkable uh, improvements. Those low scores really helped us to hone in on where our focus needs to yeah. be. Yeah. And um, because we've stuck with this program, yeah. you know, we have a focused approach. We're working directly with our managers who yeah. the expectation is that they communicate with their staff. Yeah, that's critical. On right. on these scores and, and where we need to focus and where we yeah. need to, to work together. Right. And um, this year, the results have us just shy of our goal of being a best practice work culture, according to the experts. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Mm -hmm. But certainly with a lot of work and it's communication organizationally about, you know, the mission, the vision, the values, cascading information, uh, encouraging the staff. You and I used to go to what I created were fire starters. Remember those? Mm -hmm. Fireside chats, conversations with employees letting them know there's 10 different ways that you can get information here. Because one of the cliches we often hear is, we don't know what's going on at that place. Well, that goes back to me and you. It is our job to make sure our employees know what's going on. So we create those venues. And I can proudly say that I haven't heard that in quite some time. We mm-hmm. never know what's going on around a Hillsdale hospital. In fact, I often hear the opposite of that. Right. You know, man, you just pour a lot of information on right. us, which I think is... is the a, organizational update is too long. Yes, I hear that. I well, do hear we that. Have no one reads it, JJ. designed it no one so people it. can scroll through and read the items yes. of interest exactly. to them. They don't exactly. have to read it like it's a chapter, exactly. but not, it's exactly. not a novel, you know. Right. So, um, Stacy, what advice would you give to other hospitals that are trying to work on their culture, they're trying to create a more positive environment. Again, especially in today's world where healthcare workers are quite frankly burnt out, probably mm-hmm. at a higher rate than almost any other industry at this point. Um, it is harder to stay connected to that emotional paycheck that a lot of people go into healthcare for is because they want to make a difference. They want to help people. But when you get exhausted and you get burnt out and at some point you're just kind of over it, it's hard to stay connected to that mission. Um, so how should other hospital leaders be looking at this issue and what steps should they be taking to create a better team environment? In healthcare, we really build our foundation in healthcare through listening to our patients with the medical knowledge that our clinicians have, and they use that listening and medical knowledge to heal patients. And to establish a culture that we all desire to work in, employers really, um, through listening to their staff and training their managers to listen Mm -hmm. through leadership knowledge to really make a positive difference in the work environment for Mm -hmm. their teams. Mm -hmm. Really boils down to that, creating an environment where employees can succeed. When we engage our employees, they feel comfortable, empowered uh, to deliver in healthcare services, but it's in any industry. You know, if, you, mm-hmm. if you're in a factory and you empower your, your employees, then uh, they want to make sure that the parts are not inferior and, and whatever it is in that industry. But it's really creating a culture of teamwork um, and, and just having that as the basis of our mm-hmm. organization uh, has has been a remarkable thing to watch. Uh, Stacy, you've done a great job. Well, and uh, I have to say, and I tell this to our new employees at orientation every month, that because I live an hour from Hillsdale, the first year I worked here, I lived an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I've worked 15 minutes from my house before. And I would not trade that for the team here. 
And the way I describe it is that I've been in organizations before where it feels like we're under the same roof, but we're not on the same team. Mm -hmm. But here it feels like everyone's on the same team. And even when there are conflicts or challenges that come up or we have different perspectives from different parts of the organization on how to deal with an issue that affects multiple areas, we're all doing it from the same place of we know we're headed in the same direction and we're doing it together and we're working through this as a team knowing we're on the same team, not competing with each other for who gets to win this argument kind of thing, which a lot of workplaces, unfortunately, are structured that way and do feel that way. And I have really appreciated the fact that here at Hillsdale, that's not how it feels at all. No, And that is not easy to do, quite frankly. No, I think it has to do with the, the leadership team that we have. It yeah. starts there and yeah. then, you know, it trickles down the rest of the way. Um, but it really makes a huge difference to feel like we are fighting for the same thing because mm-hmm. we're on the same team, not fighting against each other. It's a welcoming culture. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was here a decade or more ago for my interview. I knew nobody in mm-hmm. Hillsdale, mm-hmm. but the welcoming reception that I received passing people that I've never met before. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's remarkable. I remember... <laughs> Um, going up to JJ and saying, you're doing something right here. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. I could feel it. It was just yeah. in the air. Yeah, right. I remember that conversation. Stacy. that is uh, a result of the hard work you've done. Uh, you know, and you these, too, JJ. Well, I have but, to be the one to say, like, the two of you as a team, when it comes to employee engagement and culture, have really done a remarkable job because to be recognize the way we have been and to see the kind of improvements we have been in healthcare in today's environment is exceedingly difficult. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when the environment gets better, it'll be yeah. amazing to it'll see what amazing. more yeah. the, that we can do yeah. here. Well, I think we're in touch with our employees. You know, they even text us, uh, sharing with the Leadership Academy today, a text I got over the weekend uh, from some uh, an employee who we had uh, just bought some, some lunch for and um, you know, but it's, we know their stories. We know mm-hmm. that, you know, she's sick. We know this happened. We, we can ask the questions about how is, how is your husband doing? How did right. you make out from that surgery and those type of things? And to connect at that level, I think is so important. It's not an ivory tower over here. Right. Uh, you know, it's truly, we're integrated, even though we're separated by a parking lot, we're integrated into the lives of our people. But thank you, Stacy, for creating that culture Hard to believe, but our time is upon us right now. Um, we hope to have you back again in the future for your third time okay. on Rural Health Rising. Yes. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, and thanks for all you do for our employees, our patients, and ultimately our community. Thank you for having me. And before we close, we like to do a fun segment with each of our guests. Uh, and we ask, you know, you're, you're from rural. You know, you, yep. you, were, you were born in a rural area. We're raised in a rural area, and now you work in a rural area. Heck, I don't even know if you've even been to an urban area, Stacey. <laughs> Maybe um, for a visit. Oh, that's right. All right. You go through a town that has a stoplight. That's right. So so um, I want to know, and our listeners want to know, what is your most memorable rural experience or something that's unique to rural life? In rural life, uh, <laughs> I would say that leaders demonstrate humility and hope to their staff. And there's a support system Mm -hmm. for them during life's challenges. And that is something that makes rural health care really unique and special. Absolutely. 
That is unique. Thanks again for joining us today on Rural Health Rising. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.